Hi, and welcome to Two Sober Chicks. This is our speaker series, where you will hear speakers from Alcoholics Anonymous. Please welcome this morning our guest, Rita, from AA Solution Seekers Beginners Meeting, which can be found online. Hi, family. My name is Rita, and I am an alcoholic, and that's okay today. Horrible. What happened? It was a miracle. What it's like now? Amazing. Let me tell you what it was like. We all kind of know what it was like. I was one of the kids. Hey, Rita. Okay, there. Rita, I'm just going to stop your video for a sec because you're you're okay. cutting out. So your oh, video has to be off and then we will be able to hear you better. Let's try that. There you go. Please, okay. please start. Okay. Okay. My name is Rita and I am an alcoholic and I have a life second to none. And I got that life through the miracle of sobriety. I was one of uh, uh, six kids, uh, lived in the city. We were Polish. And when we moved out to the suburbs, um, we were not, we were the sore thumb in the neighborhood. Uh, we were Polish and we were different from everybody else. And to be called, I was in fourth grade, a dumb Polak. I was called that by my mom, but not by my classmates. Okay. So I was called that by my classmate. My brother was overweight and he was mercifully. I mean, it was just, it was horrible. Needless to say, I didn't fit in. Um, but anyway, uh, back at the home front, what was going on there? Well, my mom had uh, the youngest one, Susie. And uh, so I was taking care of Susie. And a couple of things happened when I was taking care of Susie. And one of them was, uh, you know, I was taking her for a walk and this big black crow came out of nowhere. It was somebody's pet, landed on her head and started pecking the heck out of And I mean, I didn't know what to do. I was eight years old at the time. Uh, was my fault? Yes, it was my fault. It was my fault. Uh, and that's okay, you know. I got blamed for things for a lot of, I was judged by my mom, by what I did, not who I was. Her love was given and withdrawn depending on my behavior. I was compared always to St. Mary, just what I used to call her when I was a kid. That was my older sister. Mary could do everything. Mary would sit still read and pick up and run you know I, I just was a kid that had too much energy on on my hand so anyway we ended up living in the, the suburbs and uh you know I graduated Catholic uh, elementary school went to Catholic girls high school boy did I get in trouble there um I was the one that brought the boys in for the sophomore uh, overnight sleepover. I thought that would be fun. Hey, guys, there. <clears throat> Sister didn't think so. But um, you know, anything, 
anything that I thought I could get recognized for, I did. I always felt like I had to hard, try real hard to get attention. Look at me, look at me. Please tell me I'm enough. I didn't feel enough. Never felt enough. Got into high school and oh boy, then the fun and game started. I ended up dating someone that I wasn't really in love with, but I wanted a boyfriend. Because everybody else had one, and what was wrong with me? I ended up marrying this guy right out of high school. And uh, guess what? He turned into an alcoholic that beat me broke my jaw, threw me outside, broke, uh, split my Achilles tendon. That's a real pain to deal with. My head injury was so bad that I had to go home to my parents' house. And my mom was right there with, I told you so, I told you so. Fine. Yes, you did. I did a pro se divorce on that one and stayed away from being married for the next eight years. I was a nurse. I was a nurse in the emergency room. And I enjoyed it because it was quick moving. I knew my stuff. I loved to be of service to people. And there were some really heartbreaking moments in the emergency. I had formed this one family, especially, a relationship because they were in another hospital when he was a newborn. And you know how they do that newborn uh, blood stick on the heel to test for stuff. Well, somehow this little boy uh, got an infection and it got into his blood and he had so many handicaps. But every time he came in, I would take care of him and hold him. And, you know, I had a real good relationship with the mother and the dad. And then, uh, One day she called me, said, I don't know what's going on. He's not right. And I said, I'm going to work. I will meet you there. She brought the baby in and the baby died. The baby died. Now what? She didn't want to leave him. And I said, that's okay. Don't, I will hold him until they come for his body. I will hold him. He will not be on a curb. Because that's the kind of person I am. You know, I can pick up the slack when others can't. I can walk through the hard thing. The only problem is my alcohol consumption kept going on. And those abilities became less and less. That it became into where I was automatic. So flash, flash forward, I got married again. Yippee! And why did I get married? I wanted kids. Isn't that a good motive? I wanted kids. So again, I married a guy I didn't really, wasn't really in love with. I just wanted kids. 
And I do have two beautiful kids. Fully grown adults. Fully grown and functional, I'm proud to say. But I, was, I got married and right for, for not the right motives. And I continued to work in the emergency room, but I only worked part time. And it's amazing when you're in the front line in the emergency room and you don't work full work full time, how you forget protocols. You know, and I, I had been the charge nurse there and all of a sudden I wasn't sure of what I was doing. Talk about feeling inadequate. That's okay. I've got kids at home. I'll go just go be a mother. And I did. My drinking continued, continued, and continued. First, it was just, you know, when the kids went to bed. Then it was in the dinner to relax. <clears throat> a couple of things started happening, which were absolutely horrible for me and life changed. First thing that happened was <clears throat> my mom fell downstairs in her house in Wisconsin. I was living in Illinois at the time. And she fell down the stairs, hit her head, and ended up having a brainstem collapse. And I'll explain a little bit about how ugly that is. She, uh, I got to the hospital the next day because my ex-husband was in taking his brother out to Arizona and there weren't any uh, cell phone towers. That was a long time ago. There weren't cell phone towers. So I couldn't get a hold of him. And my mom wanted me to bring the kids up there that day. But I was waiting for this idiot to call me. I didn't have a cell phone. There weren't cell phones. So uh, I didn't go. My mom fell down the stairs. I got to see her the next day because my ex-husband told me, old people fall. She was on a ventilator. Old people get put on ventilators. My mom broke four ribs, okay? It's a big deal. She was on blood thinners. Of course, did the hospital know she was on blood thinners? No. And when I did get there to see her, I saw a mark on her head, on her forehead. And I said, my mom hit her head. Clear and simple. Go look. No, she didn't. She said she didn't. <clears throat> that night, uh, my mom lost consciousness, started to have a, a large bleed in her brain. And my dad made the decision not to bother me, but to take her to surgery. And it didn't work. Of course it didn't. It caused the bleed to continue. <clears throat> and the hard part was trying to get my dad to see that his wife of 53 years was dying. <clears throat> <clears throat> when uh, my mom did die, I was with her the night before she died with my sister, Sue, may she rest in peace. And we were praying, Catholic. We were praying the rosary. And uh, 
we couldn't say it out loud, but we were saying it on opposite sides of the bed. While we were there, now this is the most amazing thing. Praying. I got a little pet upside my shoulder. She got a brush through her hair, like someone had taken their fingers and brushed through her hair. What was that? To us, the only conclusion was, it was the angel. It was the angel. Something out other than us was in that room. And I bookmarked that as a reference in my brain. Ah, higher power, there is. Week after my mom fell, my dad was in intensive care. Or after my mom died. So the week after was my dad's birthday. The week after that. He felt and uh, could no longer stand, could no longer speak, could no longer feed himself. What happened? Jeez. They got doctors. He was in McHenry, Illinois, at a medical center. And uh, they got doctors, specialists all in. What the heck's the matter with this man? Well, he ended up, he ended up being in the hospital for six months, which you know doesn't happen. And he ended up having this treatment that's called plasmapheresis, kind of like dialysis, but it works to take whatever's you're happening to you out of the body. You know? And my dad suffered for five more years, and I watched him waste away. That was my hero. My dad was my hero. He loved me unconditionally. <clears throat> I told God, I swore to God shook my fist at the ceiling and said, what do you want from me? And I continued to drink. I have tried unsuccessfully to take my life several times. And I've been obviously unsuccessful because can I, here I am. And the last time I thought sure I had it. Because I'd seen it on the news for Pete's sake. Oh, people are doing this and dying. Oh, oh. Directions? <clears throat> okay, I'll follow these directions. <clears throat> I tried it. Do you know I didn't even throw up? For Pete's sake. God was not going to let me get out of this. And I continued drinking every single day for the next year. Every day. I couldn't wait to get my coat on. I was beyond strength at this point. I shot, shot the jack, shot the jack. I did not feel adequate as a mother. I did not. I felt like, to me, I felt like I wasn't able to feed them properly or take care of them properly. I spoke with my daughter about it and she said, no, mom, you were doing okay. You were doing okay. But in my mind, I was the world's worst mother. I used to have the kid house where everybody was invited. Before detox, my daughter had her 13th birthday party at my house. I was so drunk. I couldn't even stay awake from it. I had, I passed out. 
<clears throat> what's it going to take? What's it going to take, Rita? You know, did I remember that I had an uncle that was in an institution that escaped and washed up on the, the Gulf of Mexico? Did I forget that his brother dropped dead of a heart attack in a grocery store? Did I forget that I had an Uncle Bernie who sit, sat at the tavern with brown paper bags? Did I forget about my aunts and uncles that dropped dead from heart attack due to alcoholism? Yeah, I did. I did forget all about that. I thought I was beyond human aid. I really did. I mean, I was beyond because no matter what I did, every intention I had to wake up and this is not going to happen. It's not going to happen. My willpower and self-knowledge were of no use. My life was totally unmanageable. I knew something had to change, but I didn't know what. Because at this point in time, I had to drink. It wasn't something nice and relaxed. I had to drink. My body physically craved alcohol. <clears throat> That's a nightmare situation to be in. Those of us that have been there. You know, that's usually what happens. Is we have to drink and I I had but it was okay. It was okay because I had to take every drink, every step along the way to end up where I am now. Let me tell you what happened. Here is the miracle. It was a day in February, and I, uh, I started drinking before work. I was a teacher assistant for special ed at this time. And that was the, my bottom line. I always said, I will not take a drink before I go to work. But, oops, I did. I knew I couldn't work. I mean, I was working in a school system. You don't show up with booze on your But I didn't know what else to do. I knew I, no matter what I tried, I wasn't going to get out of here dead. There is a purpose for what was going on. What was I supposed to do? I started crying, crying, crying. Got down on my knee and said, God, please help me. I don't want to live like this anymore, but I can't stop drinking. And uh, I don't know, you know, the, the fact that I thought for sure he would have said, well, tough luck, kid. You blew me off 10 years ago. But he did. My higher power was right there. Right there. So shortly after I heard, sent the words Lutheran General which surprisingly enough, that's where I used to work in the locked site unit. Go figure. 
we detoxed alcoholics there. I did that before. And so uh, I called and they could not uh, interview me that day. And it suggested that if I'm in trouble, I better come to the house. And I did go to the house. And uh, I sat in the ER for seven hours. And right across the street uh, is this, was this really good bar called Doc Weeds. And we, I used to go there all the time with my friends. And I wanted to stop there, or get off the ER cart and go there for one more drink. I just need one more. And they explained to me that if I did go and have that one more drink, that uh, I'd have to start all over again. So they took my blood pressure and stuff and started medicating me. I was all right. I knew I didn't have a choice. I was up against the wall. So <clears throat> I, I was admitted. And that night, I went through deep. Oh, my goodness. Sweating, sweating, sweating. I, this is how I woke up. Soaking wet. And I experienced little footsteps on my blanket. Okay. And I thought, is that my cat? I didn't realize I was in the hospital yet. You know how they, you get right before you wake up fully? but there were too many feet. And when I woke up, I was covered in about two inch cockroaches. They're coming out of the wall. Oh my God. I got to the nurse's station and the nurse said, that's okay, honey, it's usually rats. Just trying to calm me down a little bit. And then he got somebody to sit with me for the rest of the night, which was really kind. Next day, the addiction counselor, addiction doctor came in and said, yeah, you think that was bad? Next time, you'll probably have a seizure and have to be intubated. Who knows if you'll live? It gets worse next time. I thought, oh, well, better not be in time then, right? Well, that was my intention for that day. And I went to outpatient treatment for six weeks. I wasn't allowed to live with my kids during that time. That's okay. When I got home, I was allowed to go back to work half day. That's okay. Baby step. Got a home group, got a sponsor. And she uh, explained to me, the first thing she said to me is, Are you willing to go to any length to be sober? I said, hot dog, yes. Where's the contract signed? Do I need to sign it in blood? And she added, because if you don't really want to be sober, don't waste my time. There's lots of people out there that are serious about getting sober. I thought, holy cow, they didn't tell me that in rehab. He was just going to say yes. Say no, 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 no. 
I had to qualify. I had to qualify. Was I worthy to be worked with? Yes. And uh, I started going to a lot of different meetings, beginners meetings. It was my home group, one, two, three. Every day for nine years in Illinois. Lifelong beginner, lifelong learner. And I, you know, at the, I told her at first, uh, I don't get the big book. I don't understand language. What's he talking about? And she said, hmm, better get yourself to a big book meeting then. I said, okay. And I did. Hmm. Don't understand the tradition? Better get yourself to the 12 and 12 meeting you know I was because of my background she knew that I was independent enough to help use you know use others to help learn and uh, and I kept learning and I kept going back and I took the, the fifth step was wonderful my life kept getting better you gotta be kidding. I had I wanted to go back to nursing because that was really my my primary thing. I missed it very much, but I knew that I was not gonna be able to go back to the trauma level nursing that I had done before. And that was okay. So um I applied for um you know, different position. And um, I had taken a nurse refresher course because it had been quite a few years that I had, you know, since I'd been in the ER. And uh, I'm in the chapel praying about it. And the phone rings. I'm not kidding. God is so wonderful. The phone rings. I'm like praying here, God. Looked at the phone and it was this, this company that I eventually got hired for. It was a Christian company that had a independent living, supposedly, facility. And so I worked there and I got to be, uh, I got to get to know the residents and I got to give them advice and help and this and that, teach them lessons. And it was so fulfilling. I loved that job. I really felt that's where I was supposed to be. But I got hurt. I got hurt lifting a man. And I had two other people there, but they didn't know what they were doing. And so my spine came apart. And I had to have, uh, since it was workman's comp, they didn't want to do it. It didn't happen here, yada, yada, you know the thing. So uh, finally I had to go to court, and it was 18 months after my surgery. I mean, after my injury, that I had surgery. And I have, because of that, I have permanent numbness in my legs and feet. And you know what? That's one of what, that's life on life's terms. Roll with it. Roll with it. Although at first, I was very angry. You know, but I had to understand that there was a reason for that. That God had a plan. Somehow this might help another person my problems might become someone else's solution. So that's a, the thing that was hard to accept 
living down in sunny Florida is that I got diagnosed with all kinds of autoimmune diseases. I can't be in the sun. Oh, for Pete's sake, you are kidding. Am I in the sun? You better believe it. That's why they make sunscreen protected clothing. They tell me I can't. You're not too because of this. They put restrictions on. But I could do a little investigating and find out, yes, there's other ways. Is there only one way to get sober? To me, there is. Surrender. Complete surrender. I had to really completely surrender and say, I do not have a clue how to live my life. And that admission opened up a door that has led me to more growth opportunities, brought me to Florida, brought me some wonderful people in Wow, I never thought I deserved this, God. Thanks. Yeah, he said, "Well, you worked hard. You worked hard." You know that I've gone through some things sober that are horrible, horrible, horrible. But that's okay. I mean, not okay, but I stayed sober. First one was watching my beautiful little philosophy Julia get hit by a car. Right in front of her. Oh, to bring her body back. Uh, my kids thought for sure that I would lose sobriety. But I didn't. I prayed. Took the day off of work for sure, but I prayed. Then uh, my sister Sue, eight years younger than me, um, Her son and my son are six weeks apart, and her daughter and my daughter are very close in age, too. We were very close. She lived in Wisconsin. Um, something happened, and she kind of disappeared from all of us. And I heard, um, you know, I'm one that, I don't know, my dad used to call it being on the same wavelength. You know, we could always relate to each other. And, about two weeks before she died, uh, I started hearing him singing the songs he made up for her when she was a kid. And I stopped what I was doing and said, really, Dad, Susie is the youngest. There is nothing wrong with Susie. But I kept hearing it. Now, usually, when I get these inclinations, I pick up the phone. I didn't this time. I did not. And two weeks later, her kids called me up. The reading from a script. Sue's dead. What happened? She ended up having a, a baseball-sized tumor in her chest from her lungs that broke through her ribs. She chose not to 
go to the doctor. She was afraid. She drank Jack Daniel for her pain. Her kids were on her for drinking so much. Can you imagine? I don't think Jack Daniel takes away broken rib pain. She really suffered. And when I got to her memorial, uh, they, I'd never seen a handle of Jack Daniels before. And they said, look, look, Reitz, we bought you a handle. I said, no, I don't drink anymore, guys, more for you. That's an old way to deal with the problem. I, don't, I choose not to use that. A year later, <clears throat> I well, I had been working with my brother Michael for probably about twenty years to try to get him to be sober. I mean, this was even way before I was sober. <clears throat> uh, he had, uh, you know, um, everybody was wrong. He was right. You know that kind of thinking. We've had that before. And uh, every job. It was always the employer's fault. It was always somebody else's fault. Never could take responsibility. And, uh, oh, he drank like fish. I mean, so did we all, you know? And so did half of us. So anyway, uh, he ended up uh, going for treatment, finally. But he had contracted COVID. And uh, never had been injected, you know, what do you call it, vaccinated. And he, uh, over a period of that year, he uh, developed a blood clot in his lungs. And I had long-term COVID. I know that you get real dizzy. And uh, there's a possibility that you can form a blood clot. But you know what? though he was on the right medicine and stuff and he had he had agreed to be sober he had agreed to try uh his body was just shot he was shot he died and nobody knew nobody knew his body sat there for a week he went to figure it out horrible 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 once again, did I drink? No, because I learned to drink is to die. It's off the list of choice. How do I, how do I do this? What's the difference? I have a higher power. And I know if God brings me to it, he will see me through it. He showed me that time and again, whether I was willing or not. I am loved unconditionally. I am meant to share my successes with people, to show them, yes, this is worth it. Yes, there is a higher power who loves you. Yes, take that path. What have you got to lose? At least that's been my experience. And thank you for letting me speak this morning. Rita, thank you so much for joining us on Two Sober Chicks and our speaker series podcast edition. 
We hope that you enjoyed our speaker from Alcoholics Anonymous today. Catch us on this series for more speakers to come from AA Solution Seekers Meeting.